Psalms are there, folks? 150. And more than one have said, you look at the first, and it opens the door for this volume. I want to talk about the last part of the last verse of the first psalm. The way of the ungodly. Some of you might say, I know about that. I've been that way. I've had that mindset. I've had those kind of folks traveling with me. But I want us to know there's a passage in the fifth of Proverbs that says the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. You might not have a clue what men are up to, but God knows all about it. And as I said, the last part, the latter part I should say, of the last verse here, the way of the ungodly shall perish. I think some people are like, <laughs> if you can kick up your heels, if you can get down and dirty, if you can do all kinds of mischief and mayhem comes as a result of what you have done, <laughs> boy, you're, you're going to be something. And I've even heard fellows at funerals say, boy, I bet he's really kicking it up down there in hell. I bet he's re really... It doesn't occur to people that God means business. We shouldn't revel in those who have wicked minds, wicked hearts, wicked lifestyles. There's an awful lot in the Word about that. Condemnation upon condemnation. The thoughts of the wicked, even back before the flood, tells us in the 6th of Genesis that every imagination only evil continually, that doesn't leave a lot of room for saintly considerations now does it? The very words that they speak come about because of wicked hearts, wicked minds, wicked attitudes. The very works of men in Proverbs it says the plowing of the wicked is sin and some people get up bent out of shape but they, why would God critique somebody a man working hard to support his family it's not the work that's the sin it's the man who is the sinner everything he does everything he touches is contaminated is corrupted not because he's got a, a bad horse not because he has foul ground, not because they don't have the right seed, but because the man, the man is a sinner. Jeremiah asked the rhetorical question, you're accustomed <coughs> to do evil. You know why men sin? They're used to it. You know why they sin? They like to do it. Sometimes they get approval from other sinners. Jesus said, men love darkness rather than light. 
Because their deeds are evil. They don't want to be found out. They don't want to be exposed. And they sure aren't fond of any sort of reproof or correction. It's their folly, it tells us. In the 49th Psalm, God, it says, concerning the sinner, brings his way upon his head. Things have a way of coming around. You have wicked thoughts. You have schemes. You have desires. You have aspirations. And they're contrary to God. God knows all about that. You can fool me. I'm not that smart. You can fool other people. They're not that smart. You can't fool God. He knows everything. He knows what you're going to think before you think it. So how do you find that somebody like that. I'm going to do some quick talking because I want to give you nine ways in the book of Proverbs. We'll start from the beginning of Proverbs and we'll just go straight through so it should be kind of easy to keep track of things. What's it say about the way of the wicked? In chapter 1 of Proverbs it says it's something we ought to avoid as Solomon, David's son, is just coming out of the gate, so to speak. He says, let me tell you, son, there are some stinkers out there. There are some sinners out there. There are some people. They're up to no good. Be on the alerts. Verse 15, my son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. And he goes on to talk about you're going to be sorry if you run with that bunch. If you have their attitudes. As parents, we were careful to monitor our children. And every once in a while, kiddos would come home and they start using words. They, they didn't hear from mom and dad. Where'd you pick that up? Oh, some kids said it. I remember I think it was third grade, I came home and I said, boy, I got this kid, guy named Cliff in our in our class. He, he's so spiritual. Mom's with him. He's talking about God all the time. He says, God this and God that. She says, Steve, he's, he's not so spiritual. He, he's swearing. But one of my little shadows is, is one of those. Yeah. They're out there. The righteous should avoid people who are of that way. The way of the ungodly is to be avoided. In chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Don't follow in their footsteps. Don't take up their ways. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. Could the Lord be any clearer about stay away from that stuff. Don't think that way. Don't talk that way. Don't get involved in those activities. Look at verse 19 of this fourth chapter. God says that their way is like darkness. Jesus said they love darkness rather than light as we just talked about. Verse 19, the way of the wicked is as darkness. We're to be children of the lights. We're to want to be enlightened by God. 
We want God to direct our path. Show us the way to go. But the way of the wicked is as darkness. Ways of darkness alluded to in the second chapter. Let's move ahead to chapter 12. Like I said, I got nine of these. I want to squeeze them in in our time. But in chapter 12 of Proverbs, not only do the wicked get involved in doing their wickedness and try to plan their next act of wickedness, they want to draw you in. They want to draw me in. They want to seduce us. We hear the word seduction and we think about sexual immorality. But you can be seduced in other ways. You can be encouraged. You can be sucked in by the machinations of the wicked. Look at verse 26 of Proverbs 12. It says, The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. We hear, yeah, I'm a pretty good guy, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not talking about because of their ambitions and their aspirations and their ideals. But the way of the wicked seduceth them. They're drawn in. Why do you suppose if somebody wants to get you to do a thing, they might come with compliments? Watch out for the person that says, you're my friend, right? You're a special person. You ever get one of those special calls on the phone? Mmm, yeah. Or somebody sends you something in the mail just because you're so special. Just because you're so wonderful. Look out. The flatterer knows how to seduce. I want somebody to tell me the truth. But there are some people, I know when their mouth opens, you better be on the lookout because they're going to say something to try to get their agenda going on. They're going to try to say such and such because they're headed for something that's not quite right. And they'd love to have you join in with them. It's a very seductive thing. And then in all seriousness, I want you to look at verse, or chapter 13 and verse 15. Good understanding giveth favor. That's a good thing. You know, funny thing about the book of Proverbs, they've got contrast. The good this, the bad this. Or sometimes the bad this, the good that. To let us know, there isn't a whole lot of gray area in the way we think. And the way we esteem things. And the way we feel about things. And the way we walk. And the way we talk. This world wants to say everything is kind of gray. Kind of maybe sort of, it could be okay. It could be not okay. It all depends. We live in a day of situational ethics. Well, what makes it good or bad is, you know, they're extenuating circumstances. And people come up with all kinds of garbage. And gobbledygook to trust. Well, bad isn't really bad, and good isn't really good. I believe it's Jeremiah says, Woe to those who are called good evil, and evil good. God lays it out the way it is. 
The way of transgressors is hard. And that doesn't mean, man, hurt my knuckle, that thing is so hard. No. It means it's fraught with difficulties. There are all kinds of pits. All kinds of things that can trap you, can ensnare you, can destroy you. You can be dead in the water. The way of the transgressor is hard. I bump into some people younger than me and they, they look like they're 20, 30 years older than me. And they'll say, yeah, you can count it up to hard living. It wasn't good living. They hold grudges. They want to get even. They want to do it to you before you can do it to them. They're only out for themselves. And they want to squash like a bug anybody that stands for truth. Anybody that stands for the godly way. They, they really don't have a whole lot of patience with somebody who has even an inkling of spirituality. Mr. Job might have thought, well, it's just an alternate lifestyle. He found out right quick when he dared to say something about the wickedness that those men wanted toward these angels. They didn't say, well, okay, we, we can float with that. No, they said, we're going to have our way with them. They weren't coming up. We're, we're going to have our way with you too, Mr. Lot. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. But it's difficult. If you want to use it, it's troublesome. It's not the way you want to go. The way of transgressors is hard. The person who deliberately, perpetually, even continuously chooses wickedness, they pay for that. They pay in their body. They pay in their mind. They pay in their spirit. Folks, if there's one of these that jumps out at me, it's the way of transgressors is hard. We don't refer to softened criminals, do we? We refer to hardened criminals. I've mentioned before there was a fella that I knew in one of the units and I said what's your story? He says, I had a few bumps in the road. Those bumps were the graves of the three wives that he killed. To him they were just just bumps. <coughs> I happened to do something that got me in trouble. I caught a charge so to speak. They want to minimize the fact that they basically declared war on society in favor of their own desires. It's so hard that it proves to be fatal. In chapter 14 and verse 12, I bet a lot of us have heard this verse before, but it certainly bears repeating, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, 
I can rationalize this. I can justify it. You know, what's the harm in me doing such and such? All I did was, all I did was, and it might have caused destruction of people down the road. Don't skin off my nose, is the attitude. It seemed like a good thing to do at the time. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of not discouragement, not having to take a detour of death, of death. That, that sounds fatal to me. I hope it does to you. Following up on that in the 16th and verse 25, saying essentially the same thing. There is a way that seemeth right on it, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Hmm. You know, when the Lord says something once, we ought to take the time to think about it. But if He repeats it, did you forget what I said back there? Well, here it is again. And then again, in chapter 21 and verse 16, the man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Pretty blunt there, isn't it? It's clear-cut, isn't it? It's a hard way to go. It proves to be fatal. In the New Testament, sometimes I refer to the book of James as the New Testament version of Proverbs. He talks in the first chapter, the 15th verse, about sin. And he says, Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. How many lives, how many homes, how many prospects have been brought to a horrible end because of sin? Maybe it's the sin of pride. Maybe it's the sin of covetousness, of favoring, of murder, whatever. It all goes back to the human heart. The human mind. Now, if you think Solomon, and by extension the Lord Himself, doesn't have a high tolerance for sin, uh, you're paying pay attention here. Let's go to chapter 15. There's a word used in the Bible that we might not hear every day. I doubt if you're in the workaday world or kiddos going to school or Teachers, if they meet other, you probably won't hear this word used a lot. But we should know this word. It's a big word. It's a bad word. It's abomination. An abomination is not, oh, a, a speck of dust. Okay, okay, it, it's gone. That was an abomination. No. An abomination is a nasty thing. It's a harmful thing. It's a very troublesome thing. Something that you should have no tolerance for. Something that should quickly get your attention. And that's what it says about the way of the ungodly. The Lord doesn't 
pulling any punches here. And I can't, in honesty, tell you, well, you know, some people just don't see it quite this way. Now, when God calls something as an abomination, we should say, it is to me, too. This is something that disturbs me. You might not show it by your face, but if you're going to be thinking God's thoughts after Him, you say, this is an abomination. This is not just some alternate lifestyle. This is not just a, a poor decision made by somebody. This is a monstrous thing. This is a glaring offense against that which is righteous. Proverbs 15 verse 9 says, The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord. I think some people think the Lord looks down, oh, look at all those people carousing like they are and ignoring the things that I've given them so clearly. They steal from another, one another. They lie to one another. And they're involved in all kinds of wickedness. Well, so I grew up on watching Lawrence Welk and hearing the, the, the Lennon sisters and they sang a song, Though it makes him sad to see the way we live, he'll always say, I forgive. Think they play that song in hell? We need to beware which way we're going, which way we're thinking on a thing. Because the way of the wicked is not just an alternate. Well, you like chocolate and I like vanilla and somebody likes strawberry. It's just a difference of taste. That's not what God says. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. His tolerance for that is zero, zilch, nada. There's none there. The Lord doesn't say, well, we'll let a little bit go. Years ago I heard a country song and some of you may be more familiar and I, the guy said, I had this dream, I died, and, and I was standing at the pearly gates and wondering, and the Lord said, come on in. You did the best that you could do. And then I believe the word said something like, there's a, there's a little bit of me and everybody, and a little bit of God in you. However they put it, that's an abomination to suppose that, well, you know, we all have a little bit of truth. The Eastern view that says you got the yin and the yang, the just, there's a, there's a little bit of wickedness even in the most righteous, and there's a little bit of righteousness even in the most wicked. That sounds pretty good. I think that falls in the category. There is a way that seemeth right to a man. There is no sin in God. Never has, never will, never could be. We need to be clear on that. Let's go to chapter 19. Look at verse number 3. The foolishness of man perverted. His way. 
You want to be right? Think the sort of thoughts God would have you to think. Realize that it does make a difference how you perceive things. How you draw the line here or wherever else. It does make a difference what you say. It does make a difference how you say it. It's important. You know, we hear the word pervert. Perversion. That means something that's wrong. It's bent wrong. It's going the wrong way. Got the wrong justification for this, that, and the other. It's the foolishness of bandit perverted his way. You know, we sometimes say so and so is eccentric. They're off center. They're not quite centered as they ought to be. You want to be centered in what God says. You want to understand the Lord says, this is the way I give to you. Walk in it and be perfect. To be right. To be mature. Don't you vary. There was a, there was a song I heard as a kid, keep to the middle of the road. Know what God would have you to do. Know where God would have you to be. Know how God would have you to think. And be locked in there. Years ago when they brought out FM radio. People get an FM radio and they dial in their station. And they're listening to the music. And after a while it go from a clear signal to... Or bleed over from another station. What's going on here? And somebody came up with an AFC, automatic frequency control. You flip that switch, and you're locked on your station. And if you don't move, and the station doesn't move, and the signal is at that frequency, you can hear it 24-7. But I got news for you. You and I don't have an AFC switch. How can you get back with the right way of thinking? Wherewithal shall young man cleanse his way? Oh, I suppose if he just makes up his mind to do the best he can. That's what the world might tell you. But you know what God's Word says? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. God will tell you straight. God will tell you the way to go. And then he goes on to say, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander. Don't let my signal get off. Don't let me listen to the wrong ones. But don't let me think the wrong way or go in the wrong direction. It's important. Foolishness will cause your way to be perverted. There's another word that's used in chapter 21 and verse 8. It says, The way of man is forward and straight. That is not a misprint. We know about the word forward. I was on my computer and I typed in the word forward and it said, It's spelled wrong. We'll switch it around to forward. Well, I wasn't meaning forward. I was meaning froward. 
To be forward is to be contrary, to be crooked. You're out of sync. You're thinking the wrong way. You have the wrong priorities. You're moving in the wrong direction. It's strange. The angels, when they see the wickedness that we might say or do, I wonder if the angels say, Lord, what, why are those humans? Why can't they learn? You, you sin in your word. You sent your son to live the right example. Why can't they get with the program? Their way is frozen. I don't want God to tell me what to do. I don't want those preachers to tell me what to do. I don't want the Bible to tell me what to do. I'm going to do it my way. Mr. Sinatra probably sold a million or more copies singing that song. I took the blows. Yeah, he, he found out that the way of this transgressor is hard. But you know what I can always say? I did it my way. Mr. Presley decided to make that his song too, and he sold millions of copies of that as well. God's child should not have that attitude. I want to walk his way. I want to follow his word. I will be judged by him. People think about the superstars in their life. And I want to be more like them. The child of God should say, I want to be more like Jesus Christ. Amen. If you just ask yourself, would the Lord be pleased if I did such and such? If I use certain words? If I go in certain places? If I laugh at certain things? If I snarl at the things that are good? What's wrong with me? Well, the devil would like it. And the devil's crowd would like it. And there's a part of you and me, it's called the flesh, that likes it. But what pleases the Lord? See, it's black or white, folks. There's no gray. There's no area where you can kind of make God happy and kind of make the devil happy, too. That doesn't make anybody happy. We need to understand it's a, it's a froward. It's a strange thing. And then in chapter 22, it's not an easy way. There are all kinds of things that trip you up. They will snag you. They will hurt you. Hurt me if I go that way. Hurt you if you go that way. Look at verse 5. It's interesting this comes right before verse 6. We don't want our kiddos to go the wrong way and get hurt. That's why we have to like, train up a child in the way he should go. That's been true every generation. Parents say, now kid, you can't do this. You ought to do that. And sometimes they listen and sometimes they don't. And sometimes down the road they, I remember mom and dad said, you shouldn't do this. What am I doing this for? Hmm. Like the fellow said, too late we get too smart. Train a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. If you don't plant the seed early, 
it's not as likely to take root now, is it? You want to see the fruit? Get it planted in the root. Brother John, you have a responsibility with this little girl before MTV gets to her, before the crowd gets to her. I pick on him because he's got the newest one, the littlest one. But it's true for all of us. There's some sense that I'd say, as the twig is bent, so goes the tree. We're talking about plants here with, tree, with trees and twigs and all that. But look at verse 5. Thorns and snares are in the way of the froward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. It's not a question of how close you can come to the danger and not get destroyed. I bet you've heard of a World War II general, George Patton. Understand, Patton needed a driver. And so they set up an obstacle course. And they said, we have these challenges out here. And they say, now you must follow this course. And if you bump one of the cones, you flunk. And one guy, he he got real close to the cone, but didn't bump him. He said, well, you didn't bump a single cone, yet you came closer. Next guy got up, he came a little bit closer to the cone. And so many of them, they tried to get real close to the cones, and some of them did bump the cones, and so they flunked. But then there was one guy that got up there, and he steered as clear away from those cones as he could, and still be on the path. You know, he got the job. You know why? Because Pat was watching. He said, I don't want the guy who wants to see how close I can get to the danger. Now, I don't know if the little mousies talk to one another, but I can imagine one little mousey says, I can nibble a little bit of that cheese off the trap, and it won't go snap, and maybe he gets a little bit of cheese. And the next mouse gets a little bit more cheese, and they're so proud of themselves. But you know what, sooner or later, one little mouse he, and that's it for him. You have to beware. There are dangers. There are snares. There are thorns in the way of the thrower. Go, go looking for those things except to be on the lookout. There's an awful lot in Scripture. In fact, there's an awful lot in the book of Proverbs that tells us you think a lot of yourself. You think you're Mr. Wonderful. In fact, there's one in Proverbs that says, it's not good for a man to eat too much honey, nor is it good for a man to think about his own glory. You know, I'm pretty good guy, you know. I'm pretty special. I've been recognized, I've been honored, I've been acknowledged as somebody who's going in the right direction. Let's not take pride in that. Paul said, but for the grace of God, why would I be? And some humble men have actually gotten to a point where they said, when they saw some criminal taken to their execution, they would say, there but for the grace of God go I. You think you're better than the people in the prisons? 
In many cases, the only difference is they're the ones that got caught. Yeah. Some of them don't get caught. In this world, there are evidently, from some of the things I've seen on some TV programs, there are people walking around. They're just as guilty as can be. They just haven't been caught by the courts of man. But I want you to know something. There is a God in heaven. He reveals secrets. And that, that should humble us. That really should. The Latins had a saying, men gladly believe what they want to. And you might have heard every word I've said this morning. Oh, what is he now? Well, on my own, I don't know so much, but God is speaking. And I've tried to give you what God says. Because God's perspective is perfect God's way is right. And God will not push you off that cliff. God's way will not dig a, a hole for you. We have a way of jumping in. We started with Proverbs, uh, Psalm 1. And I want you to know that while it's true concerning the ungodly, their way comes to a, an abrupt end. What's the first half of that verse say? The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. He knows the way that we take. That's what Job said. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Not trash, but treasure. God has a way of telling you how to go, how to think, how to order your time. How to handle all of the challenges that you have. Because we all have challenges. Probably you'll be on the job tomorrow if you're a working person. Probably if you're a student, you'll be in a classroom. And there will be temptations to cut corners. To cheat. To be vindictive. To have some cruelty. The Lord knows the way that we take, and He will reward all through the Psalms. He began this psalm, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And of course, we already talked about the 119th, the longest psalm of all 150. And it talks so much along these lines. God underscores that the life choice of the righteous, that's the way to go. It also tells us, I talked about the word abomination in Proverbs 29. It tells us that when the wicked look at the righteous, they don't say, oh, look, look at how they're living up. You know, maybe we ought to do that. Maybe we ought to think that way. Maybe we ought to change our postures, our attitudes, our vocabulary, and all of that. No? The last verse of Proverbs chapter 29, it says, An unjust man is an abomination to the just. And he that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. You're going to make enemies in this life. I would much rather Satan be my enemy 
than the Lord. I'd much rather this world, which is not my home, remind me of that from time to time, than to feel kind of comfy, kind of cozy among the ungodly. I think there's a reason why we never read about Abraham after he left Ur of the Chaldees. He never lived in a city after that. He lived in tents. Raised his family in tents. He looked for a city. But he wasn't looking for a city men built. He looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. We have a city. We have a home. A precious place we know is heaven. Heaven doesn't have a prison. Did you know that? Heaven won't have police day and night. They won't have concern about crime. There won't be anybody stealing your stuff or cutting your throat or burning down your house or stuff like that. No, there won't be. But in this world, we have to contend with things because the wicked are all about us. And you don't have to go far to find a wicked person. I saw one this morning when I was combing my hair. Yeah, there's a wicked guy looking back at me. I am naturally wicked. And so are you. Yeah. I don't say that on my authority. I say that on the basis of the Word of God. Some of us are sinners saved by grace. That's the kind of sinner I am. I still make mistakes. I zig when I ought to zag. I forget some things. I do some things I should have forgotten. And so do you. So do you. The point is, we have a Savior who saves sinners. He didn't come to this world and say, yeah, I'm looking for the perfect person. That the Lord says in one place, He searched the world over and couldn't find a righteous one. I think if there were any out, the Lord would have found them, but He couldn't find them because they weren't to be found. So we know there's this one before whom we stand. And our prayer should run along the lines of what the psalmist said. Some of us even know it as a song. Psalm 19 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God is your judge. God is my judge. And a hundred years from now, it won't matter so much how I felt about a thing or how you felt about a thing. What will matter is what has God said? What has God done? You want to follow the way of the sinner? The way of the ungodly? I think I've given you some good reasons to think twice. Brother, could we have a